I'm Izzy, and my guest today is Mad Dope. He's someone that I met not too long ago via the internet. He's an internet friend, but very much looking to make it less of an internet friend and more of an IRL friend. Uh, as soon as I get to San Diego, because I absolutely need to get to San Diego. It's starting to get cold in Wisconsin, and you know, if anybody knows me, they know I do not like the cold, so I'm trying to get out to where he is uh, and enjoy everything that he's touched and learn about everything that he's uh, been involved in and everything like that. But until then, I'm super, super excited to have on Johan on the podcast and talk about everything that he has touched. So thanks for joining me. My brother, thank you for having me. How's it going? How's life? My brother, so good, man. Um, yeah, definitely come down to San Diego for wintertime because it's a totally it's a totally different experience because uh, Izzy and I connected. Part of it is like I saw him online and I'm like, oh, yo, this cat's from Chicago, sneakerhead, Puerto Rican. And I'm like, oh, this is my brother because I'm from Chicago, Puerto Rican, sneakerhead, <laughs> <laughs> all the things. So uh, not only do we resemble each other when we're wearing similar outfits but we got we got a similar a lot of similar converging points when we think of chicago we'll get into this a little bit later but like i've met so many creatives in the past few months just from the city um but also like ended up leaving the city and experiencing so much more than chicago which is complete like is something that i fully support every single time so mm -hmm. for those that are listening that don't know who you are that don't know what you touch. Do you want to give a brief intro as to who you are and what you do? Yeah, 100%. Well, and it's interesting as we talk about Chicago, because I'll kind of interweave why I left Chicago. So um, <clears throat> I'm a motivational speaker. I started speaking when I was 20 years old. And um, so I was in the shy, primarily doing classroom stuff. And um, I kind of felt like I hit a roof. So when I was mm -hmm. 29, moved to the West Coast and and I eventually became an executive coach and added that to my repertoire. So speaking, executive coaching, and the type of coaching that I do, I coach CEOs, artists, uh, professional athletes on really how to achieve that next level for them. It's a lot of mindset work, a lot of inner work, way of being, um, achieving high level goals. And then the other thing that I've been chipping away at where you know I'm really excited about the breakthrough at some point is is being a storyteller in the film industry. Um, so when I moved to LA, I started to dabble in acting because people were like, hey, do you wanna be in my project? And I'm like, sure, I don't, like, I don't know how to act. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they were like, be in my short film, be in my music video. And then I really fell in love with it because for me, as a speaker, there's a performance art aspect to being a speaker, you know, you're, you're, you're doing comedy, you're doing storytelling, you're tapping into emotions. And so I was like, you know, maybe I could do this acting thing. So um, I started to study acting. And then because I'm speaking all the time, when you're in the acting industry, you know, they're basically they want you to be on call. And so I my agent was like, Hey, you're gone too much. And I was like, Well, I have speaking jobs, you know what I mean? I'm not gonna just go to like a possible thing with an audition when what I've learned from auditions was like, you could just go and then they're like, well, you don't have the job, <laughs> you know? Um, so then I was like, you know what, if I'm going to create work, it's going to be my own work, my own concepts. And so I started to learn how to write, got a couple of mentors that were in the industry. Um, and then I would pass my scripts off to people. I was like, hey, direct this concept and I would act in it. 
But then I'm like, man, I don't like what they did from a directorial standpoint. So then learned how to direct as well. So right now, you know, my, my two, um, where I make my bread is in speaking and executive coaching and this other area that I've been building on for a while that I feel like I'm on the, on the verge of a big breakthrough is, you know, my life as a filmmaker and a story, a visual storyteller. Is that something that you've always wanted to chase? Growing up in Chicago, as a as a young man in the time that I grew up in the 80s, and, you know, because I was born in 79, so I'm an old man. If you were to say I'm an artist, you were going to get ridiculed. And so I was I was defining myself early on as an athlete. You know, I played basketball. I started to pick up the basketball when I was 10, grew up in the Jordan era. And that was my identity. And I, I didn't know I had an avenue that was open to me at that age in the arts. And it wasn't until I moved to LA that I became exposed and I saw that as a possibility. You know, I started to dabble and then I realized, oh, I'm an, I'm an artist. You know, what I do as a speaker is an art form. And I didn't know that until I moved to the West Coast because now I was like around so many like-minded people who were expressing their art and their creativity and I could see myself in them. Um, I, and then I allowed myself to just pursue this thing that was in me that I kind of maybe ignored or um, stifled early on. I think what's crazy about the Midwest in general is the when, when the creatives leave and they start to realize like, hey, this is acceptable. And this is something that I can chase and I overall like have a ton of success doing even the way I am or the things that I'm into or anything like that. I think what's nuts about the entire thing and me being in Milwaukee, I had a startup before this and everything like that. So like seeing the lack of willingness to shake things up, really, like take that new idea and, and help somebody get to the next point or anything like that. I feel like I don't know what it is about the coast, whether it is New York, I guess really Miami or getting out to, to Cali and getting into somewhere like LA or, or San Diego or anything like that. I, I, there's something about the coast where they're like more open to it. And to me for the Midwest, like we've started to see more people starting to say like, Hey, we can do this here, but they're also met with wall on wall on wall on wall. So I know that you do come back and start to teach and start to speak to the next generation of creatives. Like what is that piece of advice that you ultimately love to like leave them with when you come back to Chicago or you get to somebody somewhere where maybe people think they can't make it here or anything like that? Yeah, it's interesting because as we're talking about being on, you know, the East Coast, the West Coast, I don't know if we want to call it the South Coast, but ultimately, I look at that like, if you just look at America and you, we sometimes creative creatives push to the fringes of the country. And I think it's interesting because we're moving away usually from our comfort zones, which is in the middle. And just the, the idea that physically it's displaying what is happening inside of us, right? It's like we need to go somewhere where we're on the edges and we're expressing ourselves and it's not as safe. It's more uncomfortable. There is more risk here. 
And ultimately, that's one of the biggest messages that I give folks is, are you willing to push past what's comfortable? Are you willing to push past what's known and go after the thing that you want, the thing that's risky, the big adventure where you don't have the answers? Because I would say that's really what I felt like I had to do. So I'm the Chicagoan that's like, Chicago's the best city in the world. You know, it's like, I never wanted to leave. I don't understand anybody who wants to leave Chicago. You know, this was like my mindset when I was in Chi. And then I, I just reached a roof and I was like, man, there's some, there's like, there's something more. And it wasn't until I left the safety and the comfort and the convenience of being in Chicago around my family, around the people that I love that knew me, I knew everything about the, you know, about the city that I finally felt like I started to, to actualize who I was. I, I started to realize what was deeply inside of me and wanted to come out. Um, and I think that's a big message too, that I have for folks, you know, when I, it's not that you have to leave, it's what's the adventure that you're embarking on? What's the scary thing that you're going after? Are you, are you leaving the familiar for the sake of the fantastical? Right. And, and sometimes we justify being in those safe places when in reality, the best version of ourselves is found in the danger zone. We talk about, and you talked about mindset, teaching executives, athletes, anybody that needs the help, the correct mindset you need to be in or getting out of a specific mindset. So when you made that move from Chicago to LA, talk about that mindset. Like, I know that's when you leave that comfort zone that you can be super vulnerable. And if some one thing goes wrong, you run back. So what was your mindset? And like, how did that change really shape who you are today? Yeah. So I'm a big film lover. That's part of why, you know, that's one of the avenues that I'm pursuing. And so I remember I saw a film by the Coen brothers, uh, Burn After Reading. Have you seen that movie? Yes. And so at the end of the film, I just had this sense of like that. I was like that. What a meaningless journey. You know, I'm like, I don't. And the Coen brothers love to do this. They love to take characters. And you watch them go on a journey and where they started is actually where they end as characters like they don't change. Yeah. You know, they go through all the ups and downs that a normal character goes through and they actually stay the same. And I left the film. I remember I was with my friends and I'm a big time extrovert. So I never do something like this, but I told them, I was like, hey, I'm going to walk home alone. Because I just I knew something was changing inside of me. And on my way home, I just kind of I was praying and 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 saying to myself, you know what? I got to make sure that my life is as meaningful as possible. Mm -hmm. And that was in terms of my mindset at the time, I was like, I want to pursue the deepest level of meaning that I have access to as a human being. And I was just sensing that in order to do that, I got to take a risk. Yeah, I need I need to be bold. Um, I need to be more courageous than I have been. And, you know, at that point, I'd done some pretty phenomenal things um, in terms of traveling America speaking, um, 
you know, I'd, I'd been outside of the country speaking, which I never knew, like a little boy from the hood could even do that, you yeah. know, and I was like, but I just knew there was something extra mm -hmm. beyond what I knew. Um, so stepping into that mindset of risk and adventure of meaning, like that's really, I didn't know what was on the other end. And that was, I think, part of it too. It's like, embracing uncertainty which i think most of us we choose the mindset of huh ah, i want to i want to stick to what's known instead of truly being on a story and that's what i made the decision for is like i want to live a story worth telling i don't i don't just want to tell stories worth telling i want to live a story worth telling and and essentially that was the mindset that i was committed to so all the while coming from Chicago. I don't know your parents' background or anything like that. Like, what were they thinking? I, I know a long, like, trek of the and similar uh, storyline and parallel path to a lot of Hispanic creatives is, what are you, like, the parents are usually saying, like, what are you doing? Because they've never experienced <laughs> it, right? Like, they've never, they, they don't want to deal with that uncertainty. They've always... Right taking the for sure thing, which is completely fine. And I 100% believe that that that's a path that some people are just meant for. But what was like, what was that feedback when you were moving over and doing all these different things? Well, you know, from a Latino perspective, it's like you stay as close as you know, as close to your family as possible at all times, right? At least that's what's taught to us, right? It's like, you can't, you know, you're here, we got, we got to keep you close, we got to stick together. And for a long time, like that was the mindset like that i just believe that to be true it's like you just never go too far from your family um and so my mom to this day is like you know don't you want to move back don't you want to move back and i remember because when i moved originally she was like you know you'll be back you'll be back and whenever i would go back home it was like why why are you over there like i don't understand this this doesn't make sense to me you know yeah it was very it was very strange to them uh, so my mom is Puerto Rican and my father is from Iran. Yeah. Now, now my dad, you know, for him, I think he understood a little bit more because my father moved literally from Iran to America um, in the 70s. And he understood how important it is, how essential it is to leave the nest in order to grow. So for him, he kind of, he was just like, yeah, go, go do your thing. But then my mom, <laughs> I, I, and it was, just, it's funny because when I went to Chicago this last weekend, we had a conversation about it where she was just like, you know, I just, I just don't get it. Like, it just doesn't make sense that, that, you know, you're on the West coast. Um, and you know, it's, it's just a different way of looking at the world. But at the same time, she also, you know, like she loves that I'm pursuing my dreams, um, that I'm happy you know, that I get to live the life that I live, it just doesn't necessarily align with her value of keeping all the family in close proximity. I think there's a few different ways we can go from here. But one of the things I, I really do want to ask you, because it seems like you're touching so many different things from working one-on-one -on -one with CEOs to obviously film and then you have a family on top of everything. Yeah. A lot of 
people in your position would almost dedicate all their time to one thing and just ride that out. And I have a feeling you're going to, I know what you're going to answer this question as, but I'm going to ask you. Okay, anyways. okay. Yeah. So, from your perspective, even with everything you have going on right now, where do you think you're playing it safe? Where am I playing it safe? I like that. Yeah, that's a good question. I like the way you landed that too. You're like, wait, and then you just like leaned in. <laughs> um, so let me take let me take a second actually. Yeah. Because my my gut says I'm playing it safe in the area that I know the most, which is my life as a speaker. So I I started speaking first, mm-hmm. you know, in, in my early 20s, and and that's why I have the biggest resume you know, area of traction is there. And then, you know, as a coach, I've been in the coaching world for six years now. Um, I have a established, you know, some strong credibility there. So that would probably be, you know, number two, even though like I'm building something significant, just broke through in in terms of like professional sports, I have Major League Baseball clients, uh, NHL clients, NBA clients, you know. So my one two would be like, this is where I'm most established. Yeah. You know, and usually wherever you're most established is where you're playing it safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, because then we, we get into what I'm pursuing right now in in the film world. There's so much risk there, uh, especially as a family man, where when I, you know, whenever I go away for anything film oriented, sometimes it's like, hey, I'm not getting paid to meet with this person. I'm not getting paid to create this trailer or this reel or to write this script you know there's no payment no money there and there's so much danger and risk um so the safety mechanisms is like i'm i'm playing it safe as a speaker i'm I'm going to get paid here here and here um that that's what i would say is my safety world right now and um it feels kind of necessary you know to to have the things that i can lean on and be safe in while I know that there's this other thing that I don't know how the hell am I going to crack the code here? That was going to be my next question, actually. So given that that is necessary, I'm 100% supportive of that. Yeah. How do you determine in your head when it's time to almost take that risk? Whether it is from speaking or how did you determine like, hey, I'm going to chase this film thing. Even though I do have these two other things that are for sure, I'm going to chase I'm going to chase it because I think that this is the right time. Like what was that moment where it clicked? Well, so if I just if I go back as a speaker before I knew what I was doing, I was taking a big risk, right? And then I got mm-hmm. established and then I got the invitation to coaching and it was the same thing. Um I was like, I don't know how to do this. If this is going if this is going to work, I just felt that nudge that like, jump in, you know, go learn this thing. And it was another great decision that I made. So from a filmmaking standpoint, what really drew me and how and how I I would say, like, from a gut stance, I knew I just knew is I experienced how powerful story is in my life. Like, I always say that some of the greatest sermons that I've ever heard, I've experienced in a theater, you know, Mm -hmm. they've come through films. Um, to me, filmmaking is supernatural. It's, 
it's one of the most powerful ways to break through the human mind and, you know, inspire us and touch us and motivate us and get us to feel feelings we wouldn't feel normally. And I felt kind of limited as a speaker. It came to a certain point where I was like, you know, as a speaker, there's only a, a certain way where I can tell stories. Right. As a filmmaker, once I, once I started to really get and understand the art form, I was like, oh, this is where I can break all the bounds that I'm limited to as a verbal storyteller. Right. And I knew, I was like, I want to I learn that art form. I want to be a part of impacting people the way that filmmakers have impacted me. And I want to create films that are transcendent. You know, I want to I want to create a story that will live when I'm dead right. and when I'm gone. Like you can create a powerful legacy through a film that will last, you know, hundreds and who knows, you know, thousands of years where it can be in some capsule somewhere and maybe it goes to Mars if we ever <laughs> peace yeah. out there. But I just knew there was something about that art form and way of telling stories that I wanted to, to learn and master. It felt like it was me graduating to my next video game level. This being part of our Hispanic Heritage Month campaign, I would love to ask you the advice that you would give to another Latinx creative that is trying to get into filmmaking or coaching or speaking. My, my advice to anybody who's Latinx is who's getting into any of these fields. Um, don't allow what has been done to limit you from what can be done. And I'll explain what, what I suddenly bought into when I was younger was I can only create what I have examples of. Right. It's like, well, you know, how far did my uncle go? How far did my mom go? How far did my dad go? What examples do I see in my community? Because if I see those examples, that means it's possible for me. Mm -hmm. And I think we, you know, we reiterate these types of beliefs. It's like, oh, the reason why I want to do that is because I want to let people know it's, it's possible. And to a certain extent, I agree with that. That's beautiful. And I want to invite us into understanding that sometimes you got to be strange on purpose. You know, sometimes you have to be willing to see something that other people can't see. Sometimes you have to be willing to dream dreams that no one else is willing to dream. You need to be able to take risks that people will look at you and say, how could you? How dare you think that way? How dare you move into that arena? And that's what I think, you know, from a Latino standpoint, we must be willing to be that type of person. We must be willing to be that type of human being who's willing to venture into the lands the areas of thought, belief, creativity, that people will look at us and say, how could you do that? Who do you think yeah. you are? You know, because we're actually now committed to creating culture. We're not waiting for people to create culture for us. I would love for us to be at the forefront where we're creating culture and we're not just waiting for examples, but we are the innovators. We are the forerunners. Where can people find you? Where can people check out your work and tune into everything that you're touching on an everyday basis? Yeah. So the easiest way uh, to connect to me is on Instagram. That's where I'm. Uh, I'm there on a daily basis, you know, <laughs> posting whether it be my, my stories, um, 
or just to post to my feed. I also have a website, uh, johankalilian.com, and um, Twitter, Johannius is my handle on Twitter. I need to I need to get better at TikTok. I don't know if you're good at the tick, TikTok world, but I, I'm too old, man. I'm 43. I'm trying to figure it out still. <laughs> TikTok is fun. TikTok is uh, less of a lift than everybody thinks. Um, I've had some it, success man. on there, so we'll we'll okay. chat. We'll chat. Train me, um, train me, train me, brother. Okay. <laughs> so the last question I have for you: What makes you strange on purpose? So I'll start with the 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 simplest thing that comes to mind first, which is I am Puerto Rican and Persian, which means I'm a I'm a Persian Rican, and for the majority of of the world. That is very, very strange. You know, my my ethnic makeup is not normal. Um, and in the past, I used to I used to hate that. I used to want to be more Puerto Rican, you know, or like blend in. And now I purposefully accept that strangeness. I accept that most people can't pronounce my name. That most people, when they look at me, they don't know what I am. <laughs> um, so on one side of it is just the the visual portion of I don't I don't know what you are when I look at you. I don't know what it means to be Puerto Rican and Persian, and I like that. You know, I like that I'm I'm a totally different human being walking this earth, and people need to figure me out. Um, because in the past, I just wanted to blend in. I just wanted to be one of the crowd. And as I've gotten older and, I, and as I've embraced my strangeness, I've allowed that to be a part of my purpose is to tell the story of what it means to be different, unique, um, and a part of this diverse world that I think we're all building. Mm. 